The armed services are supposed to transfer all of their medical facilities to the Defense Health Agency by the fall of 2021. That's by law. But now halfway through the transition, the Army is raising some concerns. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni obtained an internal memo in the Army detailing why it thinks the transition needs to slow down. Scott joins me now with the details. And Scott, this sounds like more of raising questions than maybe a little bit of a mild Army rebellion. First of all, tell us the background here, why the Armed Services own health facilities moving to this one central bureaucracy. Right. Well, the defense, well, the Congress first started this whole thing in the the NDAA and what they wanted was to find an easier way to make health services uh, more um, usable, more transparent, more uh, consolidated, and also just cheaper. And by doing that, they're trying to break down uh, duplication and things like that and make it easier for uh, people to get there and, and to 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 put everything in one big basket, basically. Did they feel this would improve the actual health care, too? Is that part of the calculus? Right. Yeah, that is part of it. You know, in, instead of the military services having to, you know, juggle all these balls in the air of, you know, working on their military equipment, training everyone, all that kind of stuff, the Defense Health Agency would just simply look at health, and that's pretty much it. But the facilities would be where they are. I mean, the Army has large installations with health facilities. They wouldn't physically go anywhere. It would just be the management would replace armed services, would replace their management and instead report up through the Defense Health Agency. Exactly. That's exactly how it works. And at this point, they already have 50 percent of the uh, clinics and hospitals within the United States moved over to the Defense Health Agency. So this is a, a product that's already out there and people are using it at this point through this centralized agency. And what does the Army think that they would lose by having this transfer? Right. Well, the internal memo that we got is from Ryan McCarthy, who's the secretary of the Army. And he said that that right now, the Defense, Defense Health Agency, uh, what he's concerned about is a lack of performance and planning from the Defense Health Agency and the Defense Department Health Affairs uh, with respect to the military treatment facility transition. And what he wants is to halt that transition until they kind of get a better policy planning and a, a little bit better of a budget. The real concern here is that some part of this transition um, may downsize. They're re- rethinking all these military health treatment facilities. It may downsize some of these treatment facilities or close them altogether and then force these service members to go to private providers. Now, what they're really afraid of is that there may not be the marketplace for these private providers to help the these service members when they need it. That could affect readiness. That could also affect just simply people getting the health care that they need when they need it. And uh, so that that's a big concern. Um, and it's also just a huge merger that they're trying to, to do in a short amount of time. And, and that's one of the concerns that Ryan McCarthy brought up last week. Did the law in that National Defense Authorization Act, did it specifically state that reduction in government-owned facilities would be filled by the private sector that was local to wherever the uh, military installation happened to be? Basically, what what it asked was to rethink the whole marketplace in the way that they're using it. So, um, it, like I said, it's a way to reduce uh, reduction, basically, and and make a a seamless and more streamlined uh, health agency, and to lean on 
uh, parts of the private sector that may be able to help service members, especially in areas that maybe um, you know are, are in Idaho or something like that, when you can just go to a physician instead of having to build a whole hospital just for 300 people. Something of course, like in that. the rural areas, there is less health care support in the private sector than in the big cities anyway. That's a national issue outside of the military. That's right. And that kind of goes in, in a paradoxical way as well, because a lot of times the Defense Health Agency is finding that it has to spend a lot of money to send doctors out there to make sure that there is a, a health care provider. But, you know, just in, in that one situation, you know, the, I was explaining it in kind of the opposite direction where, um, you know, there are times where there is already a hospital or some sort of infrastructure there. And the Defense Health Agency doesn't need to spend extra money to try and uh, make sure that its its people are served when there's already something there that, that they don't need to duplicate. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Massioni. And what does the DHA, the Defense Health Agency itself, say about this? Have you heard from them? Right. Well, we, we haven't heard from them at all. And in fact, uh, we just uh, kind of heard back from them since the article has been out. And they said that they would like us to talk to the Office of the Secretary of Defense, which we have not heard back from at this point. But um, you know what we do know is that this will be a you know a, a service wide uh, kind of issue because not only are they asking about to slow down the MTFs but you know this will be slowing down the MTFs for all the services if they do it, it um, and they listen to the army. Uh, one of the things that the acting undersecretary of the army said last week as well, James McPherson. He said that his concerns were not only the marketplace, but that the this would turn into something like the housing crisis that is currently going on within the military. And that's really going to hit uh, closely with senators if you, you happen to bring this up. And that's because there are you know a lot of, of, mil- of service members on bases that are in military privatized housing. And that ended up going a pretty bad way. There's lead paint, mice, mold, sure. all that bad stuff. And they're saying, you know, 20 years from now, they don't want the military treatment facilities to be in that same situation. So the Army is not really in a legal position to halt this. I guess it sounds like they're trying to force some kind of an answer from DHA. Do we know more about what they meant, what the Army meant in saying that the budgetary and policy development is not to their liking yet? Not too much. Um, you know, what Ryan McCarthy said is that like all mergers, it's about pacing. So you're bringing in thousands of people and functions from one organization. And like mer- mergers and acquisitions are all about cultural dynamics. There's synergies that you're trying to achieve. So if you go too fast, you're going to make a mess. So I think that that's what they're really concerned about. They're just not seeing the amount of detail that they want to see. And within this, this uh, internal memo, they have an actual sheet that ha- lists all the marketplaces that I'm assuming they either want DOD or Congress to kind of fill out and say, this is how we're going to budget things to ensure that each marketplace has the resources that it needs. And each marketplace corresponds to where the Army is installed. Right. So it may be, you know, uh, somewhere in Florida or Fort Benning, something like that. Because some areas, I don't know, like Fort Dix or something where you're surrounded by urbanity, it's a different situation than somewhere out in the sticks. Right. Not the dicks, the sticks, where... <laughs> You know, there's just not that much infrastructure in general. Yeah. I mean, somewhere like North Carolina, where there's a, a lot of health care, especially within the, the, that triangle area, um, you know, an area that you probably don't need your own medical treatment facility. But, you know, like we were saying out in Idaho or Alaska, probably an area you do need one. Or maybe in reverse, unused capacity of the army could be used to serve the local community. Right. Exactly. Who knew? <laughs> all right. So what about the army's medical research branches? Is that all part of this transition? That is part of the transition, and that is also part of every service as well. So all of their medical research and their public health branches will be moved over into the Defense Health Agency. Now, the Army itself put a 
draft proposal for legislation within this internal memo saying that they want to keep their, their, their arm of research and their public health. And they say that this is going to affect readiness. They have a closer eye on everything that's going on and the research that they need. You know, they're seeing direct feedback from their soldiers and what they need in the field. And that's why they need this medical research arm instead of giving it to DHA. Yeah, the Army Medical Research Branch has a very, very long history, I think, back to the Civil War. And that's right. And a great history of being able to understand what their own needs are as warfare changes through the generations. And any word on whether the Navy or the Air Force are withholding their facilities or are they just going ahead? At this point, we haven't heard a lot. The Air Force is really kind of on top of this and has been transitioning pretty quickly. But we do know that Thomas Modley, who is the uh, acting secretary of the Navy, has had some issues with the the transition of military treatment facilities as well. So, um, you know, we'll see if he has any comments in the coming days now that the Army has kind of shown their cards a little more. Federal News Network, Scott Mossioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his exclusive story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.